So this week was a special week. Mark is going to be doing the show this week from a Linux installation. So that's, you know, special, but I, I think he's having trouble. And yeah, we got a cool episode planned for today. Gonna take a look at some music players later. If Mark's not here in a few minutes, I'm gonna start by myself and just start talking about the news. Uh, hopefully he'll be here soon. He is installing Linux. Or he was, like an hour ago. I don't know what's up now. Yeah, this is the first week Mark will be doing the show from Linux on his end as well as my end. Episode 3, we are 100% Linux here and we'll be taking a look at some music players later. All right, if Mark isn't here by like 9.25, then I'm gonna start by myself. And you guys are gonna get to uh, just hear me talk about the news and I'll, I'll talk with you guys. No objections in chat, so I'm gonna start talking about the news this week. All right, so the first story that we're gonna talk about this week is Red Hat Enterprise Linux 7.4 beta being released. And Red Hat is the premier enterprise distribution. If you want a distro um, that is not going to break, you know, if you're a, let's say that you're a corporation yourself and you're looking for the most stable possible distro that you can get, Red Hat is the distro that you're going to want to go with because they've got great support. CentOS is the free version of Red Hat, but uh, Red Hat Enterprise Linux itself you can only use if you buy a support contract from Red Hat. Uh, just in case anyone out there didn't know what Red Hat is, you call like 1-800-RED-HAT if you ever have a problem at all, and they, uh, they'll take care of you. They've got like the best Linux support, they're a multi-billion dollar company, um, and so yeah, they've got the most popular enterprise Linux solution, and they update very infrequently. Red Hat is a, a very much a long-term support type distro. Um, when you install Red Hat, you're planning to leave it there for like 10 years. But yeah, 7.4 beta release, so that'll be coming out soon. I know we've been talking about a lot of betas once, I obviously will cover it once the actual releases are out. Uh, but yeah, the new Red Hat 7.4, it's got some features. Now, a lot of Red Hat's features are going to be a little more monotonous because uh, they're kind of focused around... Um, they're focused around enterprise usage, you know, server usage. Not like super exciting stuff, but just you know, the, like rock solid Linux running stuff. So here's some of the stuff they've added with 7.4. Support for network bound disk encryption. And that sounds pretty cool. Um, if you have a drive with encryption secrets on it, you can host some of the, um, the decryption keys on other drives on the network. So it's like a distributed um, distributed encryption system, uh, which sounds, you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how one would set that up, but that's, you know, it's in Red Hat. Um, OpenSSL 2.0 enhancements, that one I can talk a little bit more about. So OpenSSL is the, um, it's the protocol for HTTPS, also, you know, TLS is what it's called. So yeah, Red Hat 7.4 includes some OpenSSL 2.0 enhancements, um, yeah, that's your faster security handshakes with higher level encryption protocols. So that means that when you're doing things, when you're doing making connections that are encrypted, such as HTTPS or other connections that use TLS, that's going to happen faster and be more secure. So that's, you know, win-win. That's nice. Updated audit capabilities. It's another thing Red Hat is known for, is if your system is running Red Hat and you want it to be auditable, it's going to be completely 
auditable. Everything can be logged, but not only is everything logged, it's also organized in a way that you can hopefully find what you're looking for in the log and not just have a bunch of information just sitting there that you can't really organize. Um, so yeah, those are some new features. Red Hat Enterprise Linux system roles are another new feature. Those are ready to deploy um, RHEL specific supported configurations. So what that sounds like to me is rather than having to install Red Hat and then install Apache on top of it and PHP and MySQL if you want a LAMP server, a web server for instance, maybe there's just going to be a web server system role. So you install Red Hat with the the web server system role and then you've got Apache and PHP and everything you need already installed. Um, that would be really big in helping people set up new Red Hat systems. Um, it'd be great if that kind of thing made its way down to CentOS as well, but I don't know, uh, since it's Red Hat branded, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, some other new features, RAID takeover enhancements uh, that enables syst uh, system administrators to easily change the RAID configuration of uh, logical volumes while in use. So, you know, Red Hat is a distro that you pretty much never have to shut down. And one of the great things about Linux on the server compared to Windows and other operating systems is that Linux, you can have years of uptime with Linux. You can update things in place and not have to restart your computer like you do with Windows. You install updates and you have to restart. Linux, most of the time, you can just update and not have to restart. Um, and there's always been a couple of things that you did have to restart for on Linux, like kernel updates. Uh, you know, things aren't going to take effect until you restart your computer. But Ubuntu has been really changing that landscape with their, uh, I think their thing is actually called landscape, um, their update services that they've got. And then Red Hat uh, is doing things as well. Um, so this isn't necessarily about software updates, but it's another thing. Normally, if you're changing around your, your drive configurations, you can't do that while the computer's turned on. Like, if I wanted to repartition my hard drive right now, the one that I'm booted off of, I would have to reboot my computer into a live environment, boot it off of a CD or a flash drive, and I would have to make the changes while I'm booting off of a live environment and then boot back up into it. Um, so they have figured out how to let you do LVM things, how to change your drive configurations while you're actually, while your computer's turned on or while your server's turned on. Um, you can, they give an example, you can move a disk array from RAID 3 to RAID 5 without taking your storage offline. So that's really cool. Um, Network Manager has been updated to version 1.8. Network Manager, of course, is very important for networking, um, especially, you know, servers. <laughs> networking is pretty important on a server because the entire function of a server is to serve things over the network. If you don't have your server connected to the network, it is literally doing nothing for you. Um, so yeah, Network Manager has been updated to version 1.8, and it's got some uh, some new VPN options, improved DNS, DHCP configuration, visibility, and uh, yeah, dynamic configuration of Ethernet interface options. So it's going to take care of a few more things automatically, hopefully it sounds like. And finally, Red Hat is going to come with support for new Performance Copilot client tools, and Performance Copilot is an open source system performance and analytics framework. I don't think it's actually made by Red Hat. We can take a look here. Um, nope, not made by, oh, yeah, it is made by Red Hat. All right, so it's a uh, system analytics software that Red Hat is developing. And uh, yeah, basically, you can monitor your servers in real time. And um, obviously, it's also going to log things as well. 
um, monitor, Internet of Things, devices. When you start getting a lot of servers for Internet of Things, um, the Internet of Things is like everything's connected to the Internet, right? And when you've got millions of devices, you're also going to need hundreds of servers. So then this will let you keep track of those hundreds of servers, keep track of how well all of them are running, uh, you know, probably aggregate reports so that you can see how several are running in the same report, that kind of thing. So yeah, Red Hat 7.4 beta is available via the Red Hat customer portal. Um, so, you know, Red Hat, you're not going to be able to get this unless you have a support contract. But like I said, this will uh, trickle down to CentOS is what uh, will be available for the average person who has not bought Red Hat. And yeah, you can also take a look at the Red Hat documentation website. And they've got um, just a full list of new features, notable bug fixes, all the new stuff in Red Hat 7.4. Moving on to our next story, NextCloud 12 is being released. Uh, now, me and Mark actually talked about NextCloud 12. We had a great segment about NextCloud in our test episode, episode zero of the show, which you can't watch unless you're an Earn of the Street sponsor because we didn't publish that. Uh, the live stream recording is available to uh, Nerd on the Street Nerd Club members. But yeah, we, me and Mark talked a lot about NextCloud 12, so I, we weren't going to go all in on it this week talking about it. Um, basically, a lot of the features in NextCloud 12 are not actually features in NextCloud itself, but just features in some of the programs that NextCloud incorporates. Uh, you know, the program is adding more software as a service features, ZDNet says. Um, Spreed is the one that's getting all of the... the NextCloud is really focusing on Spreed, and Spreed, it's an end-to-end -end encrypted audio and video chat system. With this new release, Spreed, in addition to camera and microphone support, it also supports screen sharing uh, if you're using Chrome or Firefox and you have the Spreed plugin built in. Now, here's my issue with having Spreed in NextCloud, and I'm not going to go you know, into a huge rant on this once again because um, we talked about this a lot in our test episode and we had a really good conversation. I, I can't really rehash that like, you know, point for point. It's not just not going to come out as well because we had such a good conversation about it before already. But um, NextCloud is supposed to be a file syncing application and I don't like that the top thing that they're advertising with it is video calling. I don't think that makes any sense. Because if I wanted a video calling solution, I would install video calling software. I'm not going to install file sharing software because I want video calling. Um, so there, you know, the, this this article says there are many popular messaging systems such as Slack, Skype, and WhatsApp. You might have heard of some of those. What's different about Spreed is you control the server rather than some big company. That is true. With Spreed, you control the server because you know it's on your next cloud server. But there's also dedicated chat apps that do that better, such as Rocket Chat. You know, me and me and Mark are using Rocket Chat. I've got the thing right here, and we're going back and forth while he's trying to install Linux while I'm doing the first half of the show. Um, there are plenty that Rocket Chat, Mattermost, and there's plenty more where that came from um, for text chat and for video chat. You've got like Jitsi and things like that. So. I think if you're, you know, if you even if you want to use Spreed, just install Spreed. You don't necessarily need to get Nextcloud for that. And I don't like that Nextcloud is really using the Spreed brand as trying to act like they're adding more stuff when really they're just bundling in crap that I could care less about in a file syncing software. That's just my thoughts on the latest Nextcloud developments. That's been going around for a little while. That's or that that development has been going on for a while where they've been 
talking less about themselves and more about Spreed, and that's one of the reasons why I'm giving Fire Run a try uh, right now. So the new Nextcloud 12, um, it is easier to, well, it's now possible to share individual files with guests and have them be able to edit the files. So before, you could share, you could send an edit link to people who are signed up on your Nextcloud server, but you couldn't just have a public edit link. Now you can do that, so that's kind of cool. Uh, here's the thing though, for example, you can share document files through public links and immediately collaborate with others in a shared editing session using Collabora Online, which Collabora Online is a, it's, it's, they say it's the cloud version of the LibreOffice suite. LibreOffice has something called LibreOffice Web. LibreOffice Web is not ready yet. Collabora makes it ready. Um, so Collabora is a separate product that is built on LibreOffice. It's not a an endorsed cloud version, uh, but it's a separate product. And once again, though, Nextcloud used to have its own document editor built in, and then they stopped they stopped developing their own document editor and started developing um, or they started including Collabora. So now you have to install a separate Collabora server. Um, as part of your Nextcloud server if you want document editing capability. So they're stripping features out of Nextcloud itself and making it so that you have to just install this third-party stuff if you want to get anything done. I don't know. Um, the Files app makes sharing the, the current folder easier, so some U, UI and UX improvements. Um, gives you the ability to move files through a menu rather than drag and drop. Now that's kind of interesting because one of my biggest complaints with Nextcloud was just the buggy drag and drop uh, interface. Um, you know, File Run does drag and drop much better than Nextcloud did. Nextcloud, the drag and drop just always felt kind of sluggish, always felt kind of hacked together, um, especially in, in Firefox. So yeah, if you can move files through a menu rather than having to drag and drop them, you know, I'd rather just have drag and drop work better, but um, yeah, at least we've got the option to move files a different way. Uh, Mark is in contact with me here. Alright, I think Mark has gotten his Wi-Fi working. I'm sure he loves Linux at this point. I'm sure he loves Linux. Uh, there's a new Circles app in the new Nextcloud, and it kind of reminds me of the Google Plus Circles, where you can have contacts on your Nextcloud, and you can drag them into different circles to put them into different groups, and you can share a document with a certain circle. I can definitely see that being useful. That's actually one of the things that I really liked about the new Nextcloud um, version. You can track downloads from public file directories, which I think could be kind of cool. If you've got a public file that you're sharing, you can see how many people have downloaded it. And uh, you can also set expiration dates for shared directories and files. That's kind of a major feature, being able to say, I'm going to share this until this day at this time. That's kind of neat to be able to do. Nextcloud 12 also supports instant notifications to users in the web interface. Uh, so now in your next cloud, you might get that thing in the top left that says, do you want to allow notifications? And, um, you know, you're either going to X out of it every time you load up the page or you can click allow or deny. Uh, but yeah, then when you get shared a new file, then you can get a notification about it. And when you get a video call through Spreed, you get a notification about it uh, rather than having to just check if anyone's calling you right now. Um, there's also some more features for system administrators in Nextcloud, global shares for users, a new guest app uh, for temporary users. You've got quota warnings if somebody's getting close to their quota. There is a new backup app um, and an impersonation app if you want to, as an administrator, if you want to look like you're, you know, acting on behalf of one of your users, then you can use that. Uh, you know, 
um, probably not something that's great for an enterprise, but let's say that somebody quits from your organization and you have to log in as them and get their files. That's an easier way to do that than having to reset their password and everything. Uh, there's also some security improvements in xCloud 12. Um, there's some new brute force protection that third-party app developers can take care of. Uh, there's rate limiting for how much a certain person can download in a, in a time period to make sure that your server doesn't get overloaded. And then there's also OpenID, OAuth 2.0. There's some new authentication mechanisms that you can use to log in and authenticate with your NextCloud server. Um, and finally, NextCloud claims, now I didn't see this in the beta announcement when we covered this a few weeks back, NextCloud 12, basic file sharing capabilities, twice as fast, twice as fast. I'm doing air quotes. Um, because that's a quote. They said twice as fast is what they claim. Now, once again, if I had seen that claim four weeks ago when we did episode zero of the show and we covered the beta of this, then I definitely would have picked up on that. Um, so that's like a recent development. I don't know what they did in the last month to make it twice as fast, but um, I'll have to take a look at it. You can take a look at the NextCloud blog. We'll throw this in the show notes. And it's got a full rundown of all the new features and all of the, the new stuff and how you can update if you've already got a NextCloud server. The next story that we're going to talk about, Qua. All right, now, I don't know how to pronounce this app name. Um, Qad Libet, if that's how you pronounce it, 3.9 is released. And the reason we're covering this uh, when we don't know how to say the app name, normally we would just skip the story, but... This is actually one of the music players we're going to show you guys a little bit later in this episode. This is one of the players that I tried out this week. Um, so yeah, this is Qad Libet. It is a minimalistic music player. It is not dependent on KDE or GNOME. Like, you can install it on any desktop. Now, I think it is GTK, but it looks alright on KDE. And it is also cross-platform. You can get it on Windows and Mac OS if you're using one of those for some reason. Um, but yeah. It is pretty simple, but you've just got a um, artist pane, album pane, and then tracks at the bottom. Pretty similar to like Rhythm Box or something. Um, but yeah, you've got it, it's known for having really great search. You can search your music using regular expressions, which is an idea right there. Um, now, I'm personally not going to want to do that on a day to day basis, but if you're into regular expressions, um, yeah, this music player lets you search your music, or you can just search normally. Uh, they do point out on their website. But yeah, um, the new 3.9 release, which I do have because it's in the Arch repository, um, it includes a plugin to hide the mini bar and show it on the alt press of your keyboard. So um, let's see. I'm seeing if any of the apps I've got open right now do that. None of them do, but that's a common thing. Uh, like in Firefox, there's no mini bar until you press alt and then you get a mini bar. So that's a new feature in this. Um, like I said, it's got some searching stuff. So there's a, a not equals operator now. Um, so if you want to search for everything not by a particular artist or every song not called this, then you can do that. Um, you know, once again, it's like, why not? I guess plug in to export a playlist to a folder. I don't know if that exports the actual files, like if you can make a playlist and then export the files to a folder so that you can copy the files onto something else and play it as a directory, yeah, that, that would be cool. Um, there's a BPM tap plugin, I'm not sure how that would work in a music player, since I've got it here, maybe I'll try it out later. 
Um, but yeah, it sounded interesting. Space bar toggles play and pause. Kind of basic for a music player, but you know, um, you, you I, I know for a fact that this music player does work with the media keys on your keyboard as well as with just clicking the pause and play button with the mouse. You can use the space bar now if you've got the window selected. And then there's an improved waveform seek bar for high DPI. So it's got like a fancy bar that shows how far through the song you are. And they have enhanced the high DPI support for that. Uh, so yeah, if you're on Ubuntu, then you'll need to add the, the um, developer's PPA to get that newer version. If you're on Arch, you can just update. The Arch version was updated before this app, or before this article was even published. So there's that. Hello. Is, uh, I think, did Mark just join the Jitsi? Hey, Mark's on here. You're very quiet, Mark. Oh. Oh, wait, now. That's good. Now you're. No. I think. Talk a bit. I'm talking. Alright. Hey, Chad, can you guys hear Mark? Alright? I'm here. Uh, now you are having. It. I'm. I'm seeing a screenshot of your face. You're seeing a screenshot of my face? It says, fellow Jitster is having connectivity issues, and you are black and white and frozen. All right, chat says they can hear you. Oh. I hope so, because I'm tired of fixing that in post. <laughs> I told everyone, you got to tell me if Mark's too loud or if he's too soft. Um, so you, uh, you're streaming from Ubuntu right now, is that right? I am in Ubuntu Gnome currently. Awesome. And you had to go through a little bit of hoops for your graph or your uh, wireless driver, but uh, yeah. got it working. Where's the Where's the minimize button? <laughs> there is no minimize. I told you, Gnome doesn't have one. So put your mouse there in the top. There is no minimize. Put your mouse in the top left of the corner, and then open okay. up a new desktop on the right side. Okay, so we're just gonna have a hundred desktops open. Yeah, that's okay. the idea with Gnome. Okay, okay. That's right. how they want uh, you to do it. And it works. It. it works well. So Gotta get used to it, but... Um, Random Dude says you should download the GNOME Tweak Tool. If it's not built into Ubuntu, you should check out the GNOME Tweak Tool. You can add a minimize button with the GNOME Tweak Tool. <gasps> but, uh... Yeah. I do miss my minimize button. See, yeah. Random Dude, I don't... I... The Tweak Tool, I don't know what the GNOME devs think of the Tweak Tool. Because, like, they're building the functionality into GNOME that the Tweak Tool allows. Like, if minimize buttons weren't built into GNOME, the Tweak Tool wouldn't just be able to have a checkbox to add minimize buttons. Like, you'd have to install a separate version of GNOME, right? Like, that can't be just something the Tweak Tool added. This is functionality that the GNOME people put in and then hide. So I think that they would be okay with the Tweak Tool because they're putting in the code that it's using. All right, so Mark, we are uh, we just got taught we just got done talking about Qad Libet 3.9. Do you know how to pronounce that? Qad Libet, what? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, how's how's Mark's volume now, guys? Oh god. Now that we're talking, uh, did you look at the show notes that I put in this? I have them right here. All right. Here. So yeah, we we just got done talking about Qad Libet. Didn't know if you had any. Uh, we also talked about Nextcloud 12 and Red Hat 7.4 beta. Awesome. Um, you have any thoughts on Qad Libet? Such as pronunciation suggestions? <laughs> it could be quad. It'd be a, a weird way to spell quad. But... No, <laughs> I don't oh. think so. It sounds French. It looks French. 
Yeah. I should yeah. shoot this over to Kirsten and and see if she uh, has any idea. Here, I'll do that. You know Flat what pack this apps means? Now be themed. Oh, uh, yep, that's our next story. So yeah, our next story is Flatpak applications can now be themed. So we were talking these past couple weeks. We've been talking about these universal installers that we have on Linux. Snaps are the most prevalent one, and then Flatpak is the second most prevalent one, and then there's app images down at the bottom right now. Um, so Flatpaks are kind of sort of taken off a little bit, and up until now you couldn't theme them. So you can have like whatever theme you want on your computer. But then, as demonstrated by this image on the screen here, right behind the big smiley face they felt like they had to put there, um, there is a, an unthemed app that they're running in Flatpak right next to a regular app that's got like the dark title bar and everything. Um, so up until now, Flatpaks could not be themed. They just stuck out. Um, they worked okay, because the idea with Flatpaks is that you can install the same package on any distro, just to recap. But yeah, it just it looked the same on any distro as well even if you wanted yours to look a little bit different. So this new version of Flatpak, it kind of fixes the problem here. Um, and by the way, they say Snap Snap apps also are not perfect with, um, with theming right now. Some of them look fine, others look Windows 95-ish as demonstrated here. And uh, anyone who's been using Linux for a long time remembers like Mate and stuff, you, you uh, have probably experienced Something that looks like this Windows 95-ish, like, even Mark, even though, you know, you remember Windows 95, right? Yeah, yeah, just a bit, yeah. Yeah, so, like, sometimes in Linux, if your theming gets really screwed up, then it'll look like that. But most of the time, not. But, yeah, um, Flatpak apps can now be themed. Now, the Flatpak apps still don't use your system theme. What you have to do is go and install a Flatpak version of a GTK theme. Um, so you install, like, a Flatpak version of this so right now there's Ubuntu Ambience, Arc and Breeze are three of the um, the themes available right now for Flatpak so if you're let's say that you're running Arc on your computer then you will also install Flatpak Arc and then your Flatpak apps will match your computer's apps um, so that sounds cool right yeah I'm, I would I would mind getting some themes for stuff yeah um, and the the article does point out that it's interesting you cannot install like arc on your computer and ambience for the flat pack you have to they have to match if you install a flat pack that doesn't match what you've already got on your computer it just won't do anything so there's that okay. uh but yeah that's flat pack getting themed and then our next story uh a built-in nightlight feature is coming to kde plasma so have you ever heard of any of those like reading mode or like night mode, where, that it, it turns your screen kind of yellow tinted. Yeah, uh, I've used sort of like a, a darker theme for things like that on websites and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, dark theme where it turns everything dark. But like on your phone, do you have an iPhone or an Android? Android. Is it Samsung? Yes. All right, so on my uh, Samsung tablet, I'm actually running a custom ROM right now, so I can't actually show it right now, but... Um, on your Samsung device, there should be like a night mode that you can turn on that, or no, it's called reading mode. Um, and what it'll do is it it filters out the blue light from your screen, and as a result, you're left with more yellow light. And what that does is it makes it, it, it puts less strain on your eyes, and it also lets you fall asleep easier if you're like using your computer at night. 
um, the blue light tricks your eyes into thinking that it's daytime and it tricks your brain into thinking that it's daytime so then you are more awake so I uh, usually actually keep the blue light on on purpose but when I'm reading at night I do have the night mode turned on so it's more yellowish and um, so yeah now gnome already has this functionality so you actually also have this on your computer possibly um, the KDE possibly. version is on Wayland only so I don't know um, if Gnomes is Wayland only or if theirs is on X. But yeah, uh, KDE Plasma um, 5.11 might have this. Now what's going on is they've got the code written. They have made the commits on Git, but the, the Gits have not been merged. So like they have not said officially this is going to be a feature, but somebody's written the code and the feature is there and it probably will be implemented in the future. Um, okay. So yeah, the, there are already some popular third-party applications you can use on Linux to do this. Redshift is one of them. Um, there's a few others as well. Um, trying to, I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head because I've never used one on my my computer personally. But um, gotcha. But yeah, Plasma will just have this built in. You can turn on this night mode, and it'll shift everything more toward a yellow color hue and if you're using your computer late at night, yeah, you can, uh, you know, it'll be softer on your eyes, and you probably it might screw up your sleeping less if you have this turned on. Yeah. Like I said, it's really interesting that this is Wayland only, um, so not X11, and nobody is really using Wayland full time yet. And if anyone is, then they're definitely GNOME users. Um, KDE is still not quite finished on. Wayland, but yeah, it's cool that this functionality, this is the kind of thing that they couldn't really build in with X11 because it was out of the scope of KDE as a desktop environment. Like, you, you just get another app for that, but it's not the responsibility of the desktop environment to worry about the color hue of your desktop. But now that Wayland is here and the desktop environment has to worry about everything else to do with the screen, might as well have the desktop environment also worry about the color hue. So, yeah, um, there is a Reddit thread that somebody posted showing the experimental. They've got some screenshots here. And notice, even though GNOME already has this functionality and KDE's adding it later, the KDE version has more options. So you can choose exactly what color temperature you want. There's a slider bar and you can go from, from like normal to yellow or from blue to yellow probably. Um, and then you can also time it so that it turns on automatically when it gets dark in your time zone. So like when it gets to nighttime outside, then you want your screen to also adjust if you want to be in sync with the rotation of the earth with your sleep schedule, you know? Um, <laughs> so cool. yeah, that is uh, pretty neat. Yeah, I, I absolutely use that kind of stuff for like almost any application or software that has a, a darker mode of that. I always turn it on because it's, mm -hmm. It's, it, it's awesome. And the nice thing about this is that even if an application doesn't have a dark mode or a website doesn't have a dark mode, you can still turn this on because it's at the, the display level. And even if you're looking at something that looks really bright, it'll still filter out the blue. Um, and it will at least help a little bit. So, yeah, there's that. And another KDE cool. thing coming soon, KDE Indicator um, or KDE Connect 0 0.9 is going to let you send files to multiple Android devices. So indicator KDE Connect. I'm just going to take a moment 
some websites call this KDE Connect indicator, and some call it KDE Indicator Connect. They're like this is a this is a plugin for KDE Connect. It's not built right into KDE Connect, but so this is a plugin that makes KDE Connect work with other desktops that aren't KDE. Is what it is. Um, and you can send the same file to several devices at once. So what KDE Connect is, I've got like my Android tablet, my Android phone, and they have KDE Connect on them. So I can share the clipboard between those and my Linux computer, and I use this quite frequently. Uh, I can send files back and forth between my devices and my computer. I use that for like sending photos from my phone to my computer a lot. Um, really handy. And then sometimes I send music from the computer to the phone. So yeah, this new feature in KDE Connect Indicator lets you um, send one file. Let's say that you've got like one picture and you're like, oh, I have to use this as my phone's desktop background. Um, so you can send that to all of your devices at once and that way you can have like one image go to your tablet and your phone at the same time without, you know, it's doing the same thing as if you just sent it to one and then the other. You can save a couple clicks and we're all about saving that couple clicks apparently yeah, <laughs> so you think this is uh something have you you haven't tried kde connect out yet you should totally try it out since you've gotten android because it uh it's really cool you can also get notifications on your linux computer and you can like respond to text messages on your computer oh and it, cool. it all goes through your local network so it's not like it's not a third-party service you're not sending your data to anyone um it's all local so yeah that is coming yeah, no, i'll totally try that out yeah this sounds really yeah. neat um, so Mark, I wanted you to talk about this next one. Steam VR Home Beta is now going to offer experimental support for Linux and SteamOS. Cool. This kind of makes me jealous because I really wish I had a VR system. Yeah. <laughs> but this is really great because I think a lot of people in the Linux community have been waiting for some larger uh, uh, support for the VR because it, it just the VR community in general is kind of small, but there's enough people to have a decent size voice. The, the, this is pretty neat. Um, now, Steam, uh, uh, Valve, I guess, is this is, is who this is. Um, they're, they're the ones behind the uh, they're the ones behind the HTC Vive. They're supporting that, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty much the best like VR system on the market currently. Like hands down, it's not even like competition anymore. Like it, it really is one that has the most support, the most uh, the most like uh, game development. Um, it's got the most like money going into it and it has the most sales like yeah most people are using this one so to have a linux i'm get this just means more games on linux but also a vr on linux which is very very cool and the and of course the steam os machines which weren't too too crazy um in sales but some people bought one yeah um, yeah that's kind of um when the when steam vr kind of became a thing people were wondering when is Valve going to make that support Linux? Because Valve's poster operating system, like their operating system, SteamOS, is a Linux distribution. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's really great that they're adding the support in so early in the process. Because even though VR is kind of sort of available, it's obviously not consumer level yet. But um, since we've got the support in early, that means that developers will have the opportunity as VR gets more popular to make their games cross-platform right from the beginning because we've got this kind of thing cross-platform. Now, I'm not sure exactly what goes into making this kind of thing cross-platform, but um, 
yeah, they, they it will work with the hardware that works with Steam VR. Yeah, um, it also says here that um, this one is actually pretty cool. Uh, Steam VR Home is is compatible with almost any um, VR headset, so that's pretty neat. Which means you could also use your stuff from Oculus. Yeah. In the in the Steam OS, which is really neat. That's not something I, I thought would happen since they're trying to sell the HTC Vive. Why have support yeah. for the competition? But hey, if they can do it more power to them that's that's and awesome that's that's really nice because oculus now that's the one that's like with facebook right yeah yeah facebook spent when, like a billion bucks on them when you know? oculus first came out they said they were going to support linux and then later after collecting like donations from people who were linux users they dropped support for linux so it, it, it would be really nice if those people who bought those early access stuff expecting linux support with like the oculus can now use that hardware and it won't be wasted hardware anymore um, yeah. using it with this this new software. Um, and yeah, it's really nice. It, what they're doing is they, they don't want this to be like a product. Steam VR is going to be a protocol for any VR headset um, that you can have. And that's that's going to really... It, just like the how Steam OS can be installed on any computer, it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be one specific box. Like the Xbox is just one machine steam os can go on any machine um so steam vr can work on any headset just like steam can use any game controller you don't have to use like just one game controller steam is yeah. all about options that's kind of what like pc gaming is all about options absolutely absolutely so yeah that is cool and yeah i should have installed steam os uh no like... probably not no I, really unless you literally only wanted to play games because that's you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't maybe know. I could. Maybe I'll grab another hard drive. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or an SSD or something. Um, so our, our last story this week is Parsix Linux is shutting down. Now I've never used Parsix. Mark's never used Parsix. Mark's never no, heard no, of Parsix. I'm not entirely sure what. It was Parsix a smaller is. distro, um, and this was okay. the only reason I noticed this is because it was on Distro Watches weekly newsletter um but yeah parsix was based on debian and basically the purpose of the project was just to provide an easy to install and easy to use debian um installation and uh, there's like a screenshot here <clears throat> they just use gnome they've got a theme on top of gnome they they provide some default applications and yeah that's really you used to see a whole lot of distros doing this because like debian didn't used to be a great experience by itself, and that's why Ubuntu came around. Ubuntu was originally supposed to be an easier-to-use Debian, and so was Parsix. This was just another option. Um, now, in the Linux world, we've kind of been drifting away from smaller distros like Parsix and to larger distros. We've kind of conglomerated around a few large distros, Ubuntu, Fedora. You know, we've got these huge ones that everybody's using now. We don't have as many smaller community distros as we used to have. Uh, but yeah, Parsix, it was based on Debian, and yep, they're just shutting down with this new Debian release is what's happening. Debian 9 is about to come out, coming out next like next month, and we weren't covering that in this week's show, but when Debian 9 comes out, we're going to cover it, um, because when a Debian major release comes out, that's kind of a big deal. But yeah, the Parsix mm -hmm. people are saying, all right, this would be a major upgrade for us as well. Not very many people are using this project anymore, and Debian has really gotten to the point where you can just use it instead of having us curate things. You can just use Debian, and it's an okay experience. 
Um, so yeah, when Debian 9.0 comes out, they are just going to stop doing parsecs. They are going to continue supporting the existing parsecs, which is based on Debian 8. They'll continue supporting that, and um, they say they want to ensure a smooth transition to Debian stretch. Stretch is the code word for, for Debian 9. And um, you'll, you will be able to upgrade from parsecs to Debian 9. So if you're using parsecs, it's not like you have to reinstall. This isn't necessarily an end of life. You do have an upgrade path from parsecs to Debian. I think that's a really uh, graceful way to handle the end of a project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, were there, so what a parsecs does, were there other options for, for, for people to go to that basically did the same thing that parsecs did? So the thing is they don't really do anything specific other than making a quote-unquote usable operating system, um, okay. which, like I said, you can basically get with Debian itself or just Ubuntu. Uh, if you're looking okay. for a, a, a usable operating system based on Debian, then I would recommend Ubuntu. And uh, even though Ubuntu has kind of drifted away from Debian a little bit, um, uh, but really Debian itself is taking the place of Parsec since they've got that upgrade path. This is the Parsec developer saying that you don't really need anything like this anymore. Um, yeah. The, I'm sure there are plenty more. I mean, if you go to DistroWatch, there's... Yeah. If we scroll up to the top here, there's a ton of distros out there. Uh, and I'm sure if I just picked a couple at random, I could find one that's, that's based on Debian. Gotcha. Then, yeah, then I guess the story makes sense. You know, there's there's a new thing coming out soon. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and it's really, you know. if if all this does is take Debian and put a theme on it, do we really need that to be its own distro, yeah. or can that just be a theme? And even if it's a, if if it's already you know a smaller thing, there's not much people using it. It's just it's time and resources spent somewhere. It's not necessarily worth it. Yeah. When we're about to get something that's probably better and more recent and and more widely used. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is. Parsec's coming to an end. That's all of our news for this week. Mark, glad you can join us uh, partway into our news segment. <laughs> and now we are going to take just a few minute break. And when we come back, we will be talking about Linux music players. After I come back, I'm going to go some water. Cool. Keep the audience entertained. Hey, everybody. Um, glad I made it. Uh, I was trying to install, um, what was it, Antergos last night. And um, it just did not work. I had a million problems. Um, I was up to like 4 a.m. last night just trying to get that thing to work. And I just couldn't get it. I, just, I didn't know what the problem was. I looked everywhere on the Internet, every forum, every help center, nothing. People had, had different things, similar problems, but no like definite fix. So then finally this morning, Jacob was like, just get Ubuntu. It's easy. You'll figure it out. And I, for the most part, I did. I needed like a, a little bit of his help, but uh, I had to. <laughs> I had a few problems, but they were fixed quite easily just from me, you know, a reading instructions twice over, and, and not, I'm not screwing something up. So here I am on my first actual Linux installation, um, sort of. I've, I've done it a, a lot of times through like a virtual machine and things like that. This is my actual first time on Linux, like a real you know, a full installation that isn't in, like, some sort of virtual machine. Install problem? Yeah, um, with Ubuntu, specifically, I just, uh, what were the issues in specific? Um, like, the moment I got it installed, 
it couldn't find any like wireless stuff, so I had to manually install like a, a, a wireless drivers for my a lane card. Um, <clears throat> there was problems like on creating the uh, the ISO. I had to use something called Rufus, which I'd used before, but that was a little weird. So I had to learn how to use that really quick. I just went through a bunch of guides. Guides are good. Guides are very good. In just a moment, we are going to take a look at some music players for Linux, some iTunes alternatives that you can use to listen to your music collection on your distro of choice. But first, I do want to take a minute to tell you all about the Nerd on the Street Nerd Club. Hey, Mark, you heard about the Nerd Club? I have. Yeah, it's it's a cool place. Yeah, so the Nerd Club is how you can support Nerd on the Street. Nerd on the Street makes shows like Rolling Release. We also make tech videos about Linux and about other tech stuff and we also make some creative videos every now and then when we get the time and you can go to nerdclub.nots.co if you want to support us we are trying to make a little bit of money off this business we're running here you can join the nerd club a couple of different ways we've got a patreon page you know everyone that's the hit thing to do now if you're a content creator online is to make a patreon page you can support us yeah. there and uh, we do have some goals on the patreon page we've got fifty dollars a month Everything will be paying for itself, and we won't be relying on YouTube ads or anything like that anymore. Um, $100 a month, we can actually get rid of ads on our website. Like, it'll be an ad-free website, no ads when you're viewing. Um, so that'll be really cool. I Sometimes I go to our website, and I have to watch the ads, and I'm like, oh, i got to watch an ad. You know? <laughs> you ever do that? Yeah. On your own videos? I, I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, $100 a month on Patreon, and we will drop the ads on our website for anyone watching there. Uh, really excited about that. We've also got, if you're in the Nerd Club, you can always view the live stream DVR. That's recordings of all of our past live streams that we've done. Um, you can access a members-only area of our website to chat with other Nerd Club members, and we may occasionally send out some free merchandise, like DVDs. Um, oh we, we sent out some DVDs, some displaced DVDs to our Nerd Club members, uh, like a year ago. So, you know, next time we do another season of Displaced, might get a free DVD of that. I don't know. Join the Nerd Club. You'll have to see. And, uh, nerdclub.nots.co. You can also join prepaid, by the way, if you don't want to join through Patreon. Let's say you don't want a commitment, but you do want to support us for a little bit. You can do six month or 12 month prepaid options. It's 18 bucks for six months. It's a nice value package right there. It's actually the same amount um, as if you were a Patreon for six months. But yeah, you can do it prepaid right on our website, like I said, nerdclub.nots.co. And a big thank you to all of our Nerd Club members for supporting our content. All right, everyone. So this week we're taking a look at music players on Linux. And there's a reason why I wanted to do this episode. So my music player of choice on Linux for a long time has been Banshee. Now, Banshee has not been updated since 2014, I think was the last time a stable release came out. And it used to be one of the official GNOME applications, then it was just kind of its own thing, and then it just kind of petered out as a project. Um, now Banshee is based on, or it's written in Mono, and recently on Arch Linux, I had a Mono update that broke Banshee. And nobody can figure out how to make Banshee work with this newer version of Mono, of course, if a developer actually looked at it, I'm sure they'd be able to figure it out. But um, I've been talking with some other Banshee users online, and we can't really figure out how to make Banshee work. Uh, what we've been doing is downgrading Mono to match the version that Banshee needs. So, like, update the system and then downgrade Mono, and then that way you've just got the older Mono for Banshee. Sounds like it would work, right? 
Yeah. The problem with that is we've finally gotten to the point where other applications that use Mono now break if you don't have the new versions of Mono. So I can either have Banshee work or I can have OBS and Telegram and five other... You know, I, I don't think Telegram is one of them, but um, there are other applications that only work if I've got the newer versions of Mono. So at this point, I cannot keep using this old version of Banshee. Banshee, there needs to be updated, and I'd love it if Banshee was updated because if Banshee was updated, I'd just keep using that to listen to my music. But I cannot open up Banshee right now on my system because I've got the new version of Mono. I can't keep downgrading Mono. I cannot hold other packages on my system back. I'm not going to stop updating my whole computer just for my music player. So this week we're taking a look at all of the possible music players you can use for Linux. Now on Windows and Mac OS, you can use iTunes. Um, do you use iTunes on Windows, Mark? No. You don't? Never have. No. Never have. All right, no. well, you're probably in the minority there because iTunes is, or at least for a while, it was the number one music store in the world. Number one digital music store, at least. Um, I mean, you've never gotten, like, an iTunes gift card or anything? You've never had an iPod? No, I've uh, always used MP3 players, off-brand stuff. Mm. I, I, for, for a long time now, I've been using... Um, I, I use Spotify for a while. Now I use a Google Play Music. Okay. And now on Google Play Music, do you have a subscription or do you buy songs outright? It's a it's a uh, a subscription. All I'm right. in a, f a family plan with some friends, and I pay like I think two fifty a month. All right. Yeah. See, I am obj I I object to the subscription model for music. I I do it for like movies and TV. I'm okay with the subscription model because I don't want to buy every TV show that I watch outright. Uh, but music, I insist that I always want the file to be downloaded. I want to own all of my MP3s. Um, so I personally, I buy my music on iTunes. I made a video sort of about this back about a year ago. I made a video about iTunes doesn't have DRM anymore, so you can buy an iTunes song and play it on Linux, and it works perfectly fine. The only problem is there is no iTunes for Linux, so I have to buy those songs in a virtual machine and then transfer them out, which I'm happy to do for DRM-free music. Um, and I'm supporting the artists that I buy from. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, but you've got some MP3s that you... Do you ever listen to MP3s locally? Like, where'd you get the MP3s you're using to test today? Uh, the one that I I just downloaded? Mm -hmm. or Yeah, uh, that was from a from a, uh, a Dropbox file that my friend sent me. It's a live recording of our most recent show. Oh, so that's not even show. like... All right, so that's a recording yeah. that you guys took. Yeah, yeah, that's from our own personal show that we mm. that we played recently. All right. Well, um, well, yeah, I personally listen to my music through MP3s, and so this is an important show for me. Maybe Mark's not quite as invested because if you're using cloud stuff like Google Play Music and Spotify, work perfectly fine under Linux. In fact, Mark, there's actually a Linux desktop client. I think it's unofficial, but there's a GNOME client for Spotify. You should look that up. Um, I skipped over it because I don't do Spotify, but yeah. Um, so the first thing I want to do is I want to show Banshee because this is what I am uh, comparing everything else to basically because Banshee is my music player of choice. So here's my desktop right now. So like I said on my system, Banshee actually just doesn't work. Um, so I went ahead and this is a, a virtual machine with Ubuntu Mate in it just to have Banshee installed. And I had some issues just getting this installed because Banshee is so old. Um, getting it set up, it was crashing and stuff. 
but I've just got a couple songs in my virtual machine here. And uh, so this is what Banshee looks like. Can you see my desktop right now? Yes. All right. No. <clears throat> Glad you said I yes. So this is what Banshee looks like. And this right here is the main reason why I like Banshee better than any other audio player, any other music player on Linux, because it's got this cover art view. And now that I've, I'm in a demo virtual machine, I've only got two album covers in here. It doesn't look like a lot. I've got like 30 or 40 album covers normally in my library, and that's not even a whole lot. I actually don't listen to music a whole lot because it distracts me. I can't focus when music is playing because I just focus on the music. But, um, but yeah, I've got just two album covers here, and this is the view that I'm used to seeing in my music player. Um, so normally what I do is I collapse this section here. All right, so this is what it normally looks like for me. So we've got albums on top, song list at the bottom. So both of these albums only have one song because I was transferring this over the internet while I was streaming, so I didn't want to have a whole bunch of songs being uploaded and downloaded right now. Um, but yeah, I've got, I can click on one of these albums, double click the song, obviously it'll start playing. So yeah, the music player that's in VirtualBox isn't going to work, but this is what the interface looks like, and this is what I was comparing it to. Um, so yeah, I, 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 all I need, like we've got a play queue, so I've got, this is what's playing right now, I can add this other song to the play queue, and then after this first one is done, I can demonstrate visually here at least, um, give that a few more seconds there. So after that song ends, we immediately go into the other song that was in the play queue. So play queue is a pretty simple concept um, that I utilize in, in Banshee. Um, but yeah, aside from that, just the ability to double click a song and play the song. But I really like having the visualization there. Um, Mark, I don't know how it works when you're like searching on Google Play Music, but I like seeing the album art. I like clicking on the album art to select what I want to play, you know? Um, yeah, that's there, definitely. Yeah, and I, a lot of music players that we're about to look at are just text lists, and that's not as, you know, when I'm going into my music player, I'm just used to selecting by album art. So that's what I was kind of looking for with this. Um, Mark, obviously, since he doesn't use desktop audio players, it sounds like he doesn't <clears throat> have a lot that he's looking for. But yeah, this is, this is Banshee. I'm really sad that it stopped working because I liked it so much. Um, I've just used it for a long time. I figured out how to integrate it with KDE so that you can use the media buttons on your keyboard to control the playback and everything and have notifications saying what song you're playing, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but yeah, this this album view, you'll be surprised coming up. Like, it's really hard to replicate this apparently because this is the best album view, you know, like I'm clicking on these and you can see it's snappy. Like when I click on one, it just changes yeah. and it's just the things down here, click, click. You know, this is a good interface. This is a good program, and it's sad it's no longer being updated. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the other music players available right now. The one that's probably closest to Banshee is called Rhythmbox. So I'm going to open it up here, and here it is. Now this is Rhythmbox, and Rhythmbox... Um, it's funny, when I first started using Linux, I opened up Banshee and I opened up Rhythmbox and I was like, these are the same program. Why, why do we have two programs? They look the exact same. Banshee didn't used to have that cover art thing, so Banshee and Rhythmbox looked extremely similar. They were both um, official GNOME applications, so they've got that in common. Now, the difference is Banshee uh, has been discontinued come GTK3. Um, 
whereas Rhythm Box has been updated with GTK3. So we've got these annoying scroll bars. I don't like how the scroll bars like change entirely when you hover over them. I just don't think that looks very nice. Um, but yeah, we've got a, by default, Rhythm Box has this three pane system where you've got an artist filter on the left um, and you can select everything by a certain artist. It's got an album filter on the right where you can select albums and then it's got the song list at the bottom. Now this I don't like because let's say I want to listen to a specific album. You know, I can go through here, the Red vs. Blue Season 10 album. I have to go through and find where it says that rather than if it was the album view, I could just click on the picture because I know what the picture looks like. And I, I was able to find this obviously in the list here, but um, I just mm -hmm. really rather be able to click the picture. So there is a plugin for the box called Cover Art Browser. Um, and it adds this new section where you can go to browse your cover art. This looks sort of similar to Banshee. It doesn't work quite as well. Um, now we can zoom in and out here. So I, um, you know, you can adjust your, how big the albums are. And once again, if I want that season 10 red versus blue thing, I can go here and click. Now the thing is with this, I've just clicked on the, the album and I don't see the list of tracks. So that right there, you know, I clicked on it and I'm not seeing a list of tracks. I have to click on it again to see the list of tracks. So that's two clicks. The thing is though, if I um, get back out of that, let's deselect everything. Let's say I accidentally click this twice in a row too fast. It just starts playing. I don't know how long you have to wait between click one and click two to get that pop-up but I don't like that I have to guess, and I don't like that I have to slow myself down to avoid using the program incorrectly. Gotcha. Um, yeah, feel free to pipe in here with any opinions you have on any of the programs we're talking about. I, I do have a question. Have the people behind Banshee, are they just like radio silence right now? Like, have they said they're not going to update it? Like, I, I know you said it's been five years, but like in that five years, have they said like, we've abandoned the project? Like, um, let's see. Banshee 2.9.1 was released March 18, 2014, and it was never released to any repositories. 2.6 is still the newest version you can get. Um, I mean, the the last thing on their website was just was just the release announcement from a version that most distros never saw. Um, huh? I mean, they have a mailing they list. Just, it's got some. They they just sort of like quietly abandoned the project. Yeah, I mean, that's not uncommon for open source projects yeah. because these people, it's not like they're getting paid. They, they were doing this for free. And like I said, yeah, yeah. Banshee was a part of the GNOME project for a long time, uh, and they were replaced by Rhythmbox. So, like, if you're looking for an official statement of we're stopping this, that would have been the GNOME people saying Banshee's no longer an official part of GNOME. That was an announcement that was made. Was, was on Rhythmbox a part of GNOME before or after the Banshee people sort of went quiet. Before. There were two going at once. Now, Banshee... Oh, okay. Banshee, so then... Go ahead. That, that sort of makes sense that, you know, a rhythm box became the more... more the more, like, I guess, mainstream one. So, so, so the people behind Banshee just sort of decided to move on. Yeah. And a lot... Okay. One of the reasons that people liked rhythm box better is because Banshee was based on... Or it's written in mono and a lot of... For unrelated reasons, a lot of Linux people don't like programs that are written in mono, but um, so they kind of had a disadvantage there. And when GNOME 3 
came out and GTK 3 came out and they kind of completely changed the design of Gnome, um, Rhythmbox updated to support that new design, whereas Banshee still looks the same as it did back on Gnome 2. So the Gnome people favored Rhythmbox because Rhythmbox was kind of had newer technologies that it was built on. Um, but yeah, there actually there's an IRC channel for Banshee. I'm gonna. I was actually in this IRC channel yesterday, um, just looking to see if if anyone else was in there. And I'm going to go in here and just say something in a minute, <laughs> and we'll see if anyone responds by the end of the show. Because there were like six people just sitting in the IRC. Somebody left and somebody came overnight. So like, it's definitely not bots or anything. Um, all right. So I'm gonna just send the IRC channel. Hey. Anyone have info on if Banshee will be updated for the new versions of Mono? Alright, so I'll send that in there. I'll give an update if anyone responds in the IRC channel. That's a chat room. There's like 15, 20 people in there right now. But um, Alright. Did I answer your question? I kind of talked around it for a little bit. Uh, No, no. I think you got it. Yeah. Alright. So yeah, um... This cover art browser gets pretty close to what Banshee looks like. Now, there's not really a way... Oh, all right, we can hide that. So this looks sort of like Banshee. We cannot... Oh, we can zoom... No, we can't zoom any further out than this, um, which Banshee could. But um, everything... It, it, this just kind of feels... You know, when you hover over stuff, you get these buttons showing up. And... I don't like that I have to, like I said, that's a really bad user experience thing. If I'm like clicking and then clicking again as a control and then double clicking as a separate control. Um, and then when I'm going to one album and then selecting another one, then it takes the pain away. So yeah, that's why I'm not partial to rhythm box personally. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, if you're just, if you're using the text browser then it's all right but uh, you know I, I prefer the cover browser um the next media player that we're looking at let's see which one should we look at next we'll look at um amarok and so rhythmbox is the official or until gnome music which is currently in development rhythmbox was the official gnome music player the official kde music player is called amarok so we're going to open that up all right so it's a qt app which is nice now even banshee is not a qt app um, Banshee is GTK, I think GTK 2, but yeah, Amarok is nice because it integrates into my KDE dark theme and everything. Um, the thing with Amarok is it's very complex. Do you see the interface for this? Yeah, this, there, there, there's a lot going on. There is a yeah. lot going on here. So on the left, we've got our collection of music, which ideally I would like that to be front and center rather than just a side pane. Um, mm -hmm. But I've got the collection of music that we have, so I can go into uh, one of these and I can double click on an album just to start playing it. Um, I can click on an album, the little plus button next to it to get the list of songs, or I guess it's artist and then album and then song. And the extent of the album browsing in Amarok is these little icons that you get next to the albums in the list. Can't really browse by cover art here. Um, but yeah, on the right side, you've got your playlist, which includes your play queue is a playlist in Amarok. In the middle, you've got lyrics, if you've got a song with lyrics, and then you've got the song name at the top. 
the interesting one interesting thing about Amarok is they do have a cover art browser. It's uh, it's a cover manager. So this looks like oh you've got all your covers, but then when you click on them like this is just for changing the the pictures. It's not actually for playing music. If they could just take this interface and make it buttons for playing music, then that would be great. But but yeah. Um, Amarok is a, a decent player, and I'm not going too far into... Amarok has so many features that other players don't. It's got a lot of cool features. It had that audio analyzer that I hid here, um, although it didn't yeah. seem to work too well when I was playing around with it. Yeah, it's got playlists. Everything in Amarok seems like all the important stuff is on the sides to me. Like, playlists seem pretty important. So do albums, and they're both sidebars. Gotcha. Um, you can browse your file system with Amarok. If you go files, okay. and then you can just go through like your music folder. But you know, if I'm gonna do that, then I'm just gonna use a file browser. So it's not really super important to me. Um, control bar on Amarok is easy to use. It's got a big play button. It's got um, back to the previous song. If you're in a playlist, I'm sure it would have forward to next song. And then we've got volume button, scrub bar, all your usual stuff. There is one other player that is very similar to Amarok. It's called Clementine, and it is actually a fork of an older version of Amarok, but it is still being updated today. It's not like it's out of date. Uh, it's also taking a minute to start here. Alright, so here's Clementine, and this is what Amarok kind of used to look like. It, um... Once again, on the left side, you can also browse your file system in addition to your library, but I'm only worried about browsing my library. It, um, it's got all of my artists in the sidebar here, just like uh, Amarok kind of did. But I don't know. I, I want an album view that's not sorted by artist because a lot of these artists are single artists from an album that includes a lot of different artists. Like, that happens. That's not a rare thing where you've got uh -huh. an album that includes several artists. So I want the album with all the songs in it. So yeah, and then you just got one big list of all your songs in Clementine, which is not organized at all. Um, Clementine yeah, does... I, I don't really like the look of this. It's, yeah, it's, 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 just, it's just all jumbled up and not organized. The whole point yeah, of a... It's a bit of a mess. The whole point of a jukebox application is to organize your music um, and make it easy yeah. to play what you want to play. If we look at, I'm, I'm just looking, once again, we've got the cover manager, but it doesn't actually do anything. It just shows the pictures. So yeah, there's there's Clementine. We can talk about, let's see what other media. Um, there was one smaller one I found called Dead Beef. I don't know how they came up with that name. Um, it's, mm. a, it's a very simple one. It's not tied into KDE or GNOME. You can install it on whatever. It uh, has no sorting whatsoever. It you can you can sort all of your tracks, but you can't group them. So like, there's no grouping by album. There's no grouping by artist. It's just one big list of your songs once again. Wow. Also not super useful. Yeah, that looks terrible. <laughs> so there's there's lots of these little ones out there. Um, let's see here. We, uh, that uh... oh, go ahead. Are you going to be talking about the terminal-based one? We, we are in a bit. Um, so here's one that we covered in our news segment this week, the Qad Libet. And it actually... Wow, what? What? Okay. 
I didn't a, realize that Qad the Bet. Um, I had forgotten that. So Qad the Bet actually does have cover browsing. Oh. So that's awesome. Check that new out. New candidate approaches. Huh? Yeah, that's new the, candidate approaches. I, I actually I forgot that this had cover. I I tested this out earlier in the week, and I tested out so many applications. I forgot which ones had which features. It, but yeah. That looks kind of cool. Yeah. So you select the um, album you want, and then you've got the list of songs at the bottom. You double click a song to start it. I'm sure we're blowing people's ears out because that music on all these programs is way too loud compared to your voice. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So this is probably very. This is probably the closest thing to Banshee. It looks nice. So yeah, this one's probably one of the closest ones to Banshee, and I might actually consider making this my um, my primary one. That you know, this might be one of those new features that was added with the new version that we talked about. I'm not sure. I'll have to check. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's got the cover grid, cover grid view. It's also got some other views like, you know, just your regular old three pane browser. But um, but yeah, it's got the cover grid and you can, yep, click on albums. This is actually very similar to Banshee and it's this is very snappy. Um, Qad the Bed is not tied to a desktop environment either. It is written in GTK, but it's not a GNOME 3 app. It's not a GNOME app. Uh, it doesn't have all of the floaty transition smooth all the the crap that gnome does with its scroll bars and everything you know this is just i guess it does have the scroll bar but um you know i can click on these things and it loads right away it's not like i have to sit there for a minute waiting for it to go to what i clicked on like i do with most gnome apps um so yeah this is this is very nice um so q out the bed is a very simple browser it's very lightweight does not have a lot of dependencies um you can go in and edit the tags of all your songs too in here. So if you're into tagging, and this is the one that's got really advanced search support. So I can search, mm -hmm. let's try out the not equals. What should I search for not equals? Let's do artist not equals Jeff Williams. So then I get everything except for my Jeff Williams albums. That's pretty cool that you can search for, for not equals. Yeah, that's interesting actually. Or what if I do length is greater than five minutes? Is that? Doesn't look like that's uh, one of the key ones, keywords that you can use. But yeah, um, Cloud the Bet is definitely contender. That's very cool. Yeah. And a random dude, I just posted something for, for KDE called Babe. It's a music player. Let's check that out. All right, well, I'm gonna install that. We're gonna take a look at it. Oh, they've got they've got album viewing. It looks like. Yeah, we'll take a look at that. And that's a KDE project too. That hits all the check marks. Um, <laughs> we will have to look at that. Yeah, but I'm happy with Cure Out the Bet right now because this is very similar yeah. to Banshee. Um, yeah, totally. So yeah. Now, another one I wanted to talk about was called Lollipop. And for a long time, this was what I was using as my backup when Banshee was having trouble. Lollipop is made for GNOME. It's another one that's made for GNOME, so it's not okay. great on KDE. It was just kind of getting the job done. Uh, it's got a nice dark theme here. It's loading up. And see, by default, Lollipop has these... Well, it's not even just by default. Lollipop has these auto-sorting mechanisms that you cannot turn off. When you start it up, you have to be in the popular album section. There's a loved album section, recently added albums, random albums. Like You cannot customize the sidebar because, like all GNOME apps, 
there's no customization at all. Gnome never gives you customization. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like I can't get rid of this popular albums. I don't want that. There's no way to remove that. But if I go down to all artists, this is uh, Lollipop, and you can see why I came to Lollipop when Banshee was having trouble because it's got a very nice cover browser. Yeah. The problem is once again a Gnome app in KDE. When I go to click on one of these, it's got these weird. Do you see those animations that come up? It's a really small those thing, are, but like they're yeah. just sliding in from the corners. It looks weird. When I click on one of these, it, it uh, brings up this shadow thing, and it doesn't look as bad with the dark theme. The light theme looks a lot worse. Um, and actually, the dark theme wasn't working for me until right now. I've never gotten the dark theme working before. Um, it <laughs> was on when I opened it up. I wasn't expecting it to be like this. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty nice. Shots fired. Yeah, shots fired at Gnome. Shorts um, fired, actually. Short, yeah. <laughs> well. Um, but yeah, you, you open the thing up. You click. Now, one click on the song starts playing. And, all right, so that's an example of something that is... So I was I was just playing the song, right? And I'm trying to see if there's any volume. I want to demonstrate this, because this is my a big problem with this program. So we're going to turn Lollipop's audio way down. Hopefully, OBS will see that it's soft. All right, so we're playing this song right now. I can barely hear it because of how quiet it is. But we're, we're playing that song. And if I'm in my menu and I want to pause it, watch this. Click. It didn't pause. It closed the menu. And then I have to click a second time to actually get the pause button to go. It's, isn't that what? clunky? That's... I don't like that. It's clunky. If I'm in this... Let's say that I'm in this album and I want to open up the Red vs. Blue Season 10 album. Click on the Red vs. Blue. It didn't open that. It just closed the one. And then I have to click again to open this one. Here's another thing about Lollipop that I don't like, is that in the album list, it's two pane, so it's like one, two, three on the left pane, and then we get down to 14, and it goes back up to, oh, and then it goes up to 16, because you have to scroll down one line for the 15, so we're breaking panes, but it's still making a scroll. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, that's the kind of thing where it's like, Lollipop got so close, but it just, it, it was trying to do too much it was being too fancy with its overlays and its pain breaking and its animations that it just felt clunky as an overall program um so yeah, that, yeah. that's but it was very nice like it was one of the better ones it's a lot better than like rhythm box um and it's a fairly new app too so i'm sure it will continue to receive improvements if you're on gnome i would highly recommend lollipop um it's just not for kde users let's see if there's mm -hmm. any other big ones that I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's one called Music. And Music, Music was really weird. Um, so when you start up Music for the first time, this is what you actually get, is this artist's view. And it's got pictures of all the artists. The thing is, these pictures were not from the files. These are pictures that it downloaded from the internet. So, like, it went and oh. Googled the artists. So, I've just got these random pictures of each of the artists in here. Of course, some of them are missing down here. That's um, weird. It is really... It, it was like, what is it doing? I, the, at first, I thought it screwed up the cover art. And I was like, it's displaying the wrong cover art. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's just pictures of the artists. If you go over to albums, you get the cover art. But, yeah, you can click on an album to see all the songs. Click on the song to start playing it. And... Their pause play button always says play. It's either lit up or it's not. Is how you indicate if you're playing or pausing. <laughs> I don't um, like that. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'd also like it if, to go back to the the album view, I could click on this entire top strip. I have to click on this tiny little triangle button to get back there. So when whenever you click on a song in here to start playing it, it adds it to the end of your your playlist here, but then it keeps all the other ones in the playlist. So it seems like after I'm listening to music for a while, that would get kind of cluttered. But yeah, yeah. You, can, you can drag like a whole album into the playlist, and then it adds the whole thing in there. And then you can... Uh, you have to click on the song that you want to go to. So it's um, it, it's a different take. It's very different from the other ones that I looked at because it, first of all, it does have this artist thing going on, but it's got a really unique, if you're someone who organizes like every single time you listen, you make a new order in a different playlist, then uh, you would definitely want to do this kind of thing. Now, personally, I usually listen to albums in the album order, usually. Um, yeah. But if you're someone who's got a whole lot of music and you like to like pick out, oh, I want to listen to this and this and this next, um, this will let you do that. And you can just drag it all into the playlist. It's got a really easy-to-use play cue um, that's right front and center. Most most things like Banshee, the play cue was there. It was a separate page, though, and you didn't see the play cue unless you went and looked at it specifically. Um, music is based around the play cue. So if you're into that sort of thing, you should take a look at music. So, yeah, there's that. See if there's any other ones before we check out these ones that our chat room has suggested. Um, Mark found an interesting one for me, <laughs> and it is called Seamuse. And I have uh, I've made fun of this kind of thing before, but I actually found that I liked it once I started using it because the whole point of me wanting to replace Banshee was that I wanted something with an album view, right? So obviously, Seamuse mm -hmm. is in the terminal. It does not have an album view. However, the thing about that is if if uh, Rhythmbox did not have an album view until I added that plugin, um, what was Amarok did not have an album view at all. Clementine doesn't have an album view. Seamuse for me is just as good as any other thing that doesn't have an album view. Any other player, Seamuse can do what it can do. So I can open up Seamuse. You just type Seamuse in your um, in your terminal, and uh, we've uh, we've got a bunch of artists on the right side. We can open up by hitting enter over an artist. All right, hitting enter just plays all of their songs. Space <laughs> on the artist opens up the albums that they've done. So you can go down and select their album. We can go down okay. to, uh, let's see here, something. All right, so this album has two songs in it. So I can space to view all the albums. Um, we've got, this is the album that I have. All right, the controls for this one are tricky because it's all keyboard based, obviously. So oh, gosh. you've got <laughs> so right arrow key skips forward five five seconds. V is pause and play. V is pause okay. and play. No, V is just stop. Actually, C is pause and play. And you can remember that because it's called C Muse. So C is the main button. Ah, uh, just came up with. Yeah, Brandon is like, look at the beauty of this program. It it is it's it's <laughs> you know, I right now, like I haven't used it for about twelve hours, so I forgot how it all works. But like last night when I was playing with this, I actually went through, read the manual page and found all the keyboard shortcuts and I found that it was actually surprisingly easy to navigate, uh, once you figure out exactly what's going on. So yeah, um this one was an interesting one. Did not expect to ever be using a terminal-based music player 
But yeah, like I said, C is pause and play. V is just stop, like I said. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I can see X is you. start over. Uh, uh, you just got really quiet. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, I can see the reason why somebody might want to use this if they truly wanted the most stripped down possible experience. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets like, all the I crap out of the there way. There are some people who really like that kind of thing. Is they really like to just all of the problems over... I have with Rhythm Box and all the problems I have with Lollipop all have to do with they're putting too much eye candy on it, and even though it looks all right on GNOME, it looks horrible on KDE because KDE doesn't work with all that eye candy. All the animations, all of the overlays, the shadows, you know, that's all just visual stuff that they're adding. It's just crud that's cluttering up and making it harder for me to get to the music. This eliminates all of that. It brings it down to the most basic level. Yeah. It's like, these are your files. Yeah. Um, if it truly wants something, it just has a few buttons and a few things that, that works. It plays, it stops, and yeah. it has a bunch of songs. And this is, this, is, this is it. This does even do things that you can't do in a file browser as easily. Um, it does have playlist support. Now, I'm not going to even attempt. Um, you can hit the number keys to get to the different views. So seven is help, or set, seven is settings, but it's sort of like a help. Okay view um but you can see all the key bindings that you've got but yeah one is your album artist two is a list of all your songs but this is sortable by different queries um three is the playlist so yeah you can go in here and you can make playlists um huh. yeah and it's it, it's an interesting choice um so yeah there's there's cmuse and if you're just looking for something real simple Give that a shot. <clears throat> Simple. <laughs> Give that a shot. All right, and finally, I don't think there were any more that I was planning on looking at, so we'll take a look at uh, that one somebody suggested in the chat room. It is a KDE music player called Babe, and I'm going to attempt to install it right now. So This one looks not too bad. I was looking at it. It looked like you can do a lot of cool things with it, like have like a, a, a mini player like somewhere. Jelly, I yeah. like that. I really like using those. Like Google Play has like a mini player, and I use it all the time. It's it's awesome for just screen space. Uh -huh. um, all right, the get it button on the website does nothing. None of the buttons on the website okay. do any. Well, all right, this one did something. All right, get it. It looks like you can like add a YouTube video to like a collection of some sort and just yeah play that. That Let me see here is weird. <clears throat> All right, I don't think it's in the Arch repository. It's probably in the Arch user repository. Let me... Oh, does it? Oh, okay, so that's next. So, Babe has a Chrome extension to um, collect YouTube videos into playlists and things like that. But I hmm. don't think that's all it does. For a second, I thought that's what like all it did. Um, okay, so it has the option to do that. That's cool. All right, I am going to install this from the AUR real quick. Yeah, none of these buttons do anything. <laughs> their, their JavaScript buttons and their website is extremely slow. They will do something eventually. Um, oh, so I shouldn't press all of them? Well, it'll just do whatever the first one was, I think. I, I will click all of them. Bring me somewhere. It eventually brought me to oh. the GitHub page. So this is, it's literally, the web address is babe.kde.org. So if, you've, if you're on kde.org, then there's a chance I'm going to like your program. 
There's some bias. You can't, you can't get any more integrated into Takeda E than that, you know? Like, I, I, I the, the whole I, reason I, I use so. Plasma is because I use Caden Live as my editor. And Caden Live integrates into Plasma. Dolphin is the file browser. It integrates with Caden Live. Console is my terminal. This integrates with, with Plasma. I get Plasma desktop notifications from my terminal. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, if, like, if I can control, if I can use KDE's music controls to play this, that kind of thing is harder to set up. With, like, Banshee, I had to actually go in and set some things in the back end to make my keyboard's media shortcuts work because Banshee was a known program, and I'm using it with KDE. I got it to work, but I had to do an extra step. Uh, this would probably just work out of the box since it is a KDE program. So that's interesting. So Babe actually started as a non-KDE app, and then it got moved into the KDE project, which is the same thing that happened with Caden Live, uh, was it started as an independent thing and then got moved in. All right, so I do have Babe installed, and we're going to open it up here. Here is what it looks like. I'm going to give us a little space around it. Okay. All right, so we're going to add a source, and I'm going to use my demo folder. It's going to load up all of the songs from it. I'm getting some notifications in the bottom right that you can't see. Fetching art. Um, there's a little frowny face here. Should I click the frowny face? Uh-oh, that could be an error. It just doesn't do anything. Um, about, oh, okay. this is version 0.0, .0 alpha. <laughs> it's not the stable 0.0, .0 guys it's the alpha um, no. so very clearly 0 not, .0. they don't oh, it's not published yet uh, if we go to alright here's the album browser I can't zoom out maybe, by control maybe random dude made this and he's trying to get some publicity for it <clears throat> random dude is this your program are you yeah. with the KDE project random dude? He, he tricked us <laughs> random dude does use KDE Coincidence? <laughs> I got us. Um, <laughs> I'm not seeing any album art. Like, we've got the album art view, so this is, like, better than a lot of the programs. Not seeing any of the art, though. So... Yeah, is it still loading in? There it is. Wait, but that's not... All right, so this is the artists, I guess? Because those aren't the cover arts. Um, no, these are the artists. These are the albums. This is the wrong... This is incorrect. These it did the same thing as music, but different. So it just some of these like this is the correct cover art for the Honeycut album here. Ruby's got the correct cover art. Sarah Azell, that's not the cover art. That's just a picture of the artist. And then like, huh? Th this is weird. All right. So you need to not do that, because. Um, I'm Does not. random dude, uh, and do you actually use this program personally, or did you just find it and tell us to look at it? Yeah, that'd be interesting if random dude just uses this because since they use KDE, um, I mean it looks so nice because it is it's a QT app. It looks really nice. It's got you know the integrated mm -hmm. title bar <laughs> stuff going on. Um, let's try playing something here. I double clicked. All right, it's adding things to my play queue. It's not playing anything. Okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to work, Mark. All right, if I um, right-click, the first option is... Can you read that? The first option when I right-click on a song is Babe It. 
that it says babe it is the babe the, the first babe the name of the program babe it yeah babe, babe it. it yeah i don't sure babe it see what happens hey i, I got the mini player going on I haven't gotten to play anything. I haven't gotten to play anything, but I got the mini player. All right. He apparently just found it and does not use it. <sighs> this is interesting. <laughs> Unbabe it is the next thing. Oh, so that must be like a favorites thing, maybe? I can send it to my phone, probably through QD. Unbabe it. <laughs> Q. Um, this is an alpha, you know. It's oh yeah, it probably I mean it's version zero. Stuff. When it's called version zero, you know. All right, now this is great. Look at this in the album view. Even though they've got the wrong cover art for half of this stuff, and why are these split up as separate albums when these are the same album? We've got one through nine, <clears throat> and then we've got ten through the rest. One, two, three, four, and seven are in this album. We've got five, six, Best eleven, twelve, player. and fourteen Doesn't in this play other music, album. Though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is an interesting. Now, it's got the double pane thing going on, where I click the album and then I've got the music. This is exactly. This is one hundred percent what I want. If it Do you just sorted double babe? correctly, huh? Do you say double babe? Who double double pain? Oh, face the double babe. Oh, it's got like the paint on top, the paint it's got on the bottom. Double babe going on. Um, this is exactly what I would want if it worked 100. percent And I don't know why the. Did you see this? I've got Ruby Volume One soundtrack, Ruby Volume One soundtrack, Ruby Volume One soundtrack, and they've all got some of the songs in them. Is it playing music at all? Oh, now it's playing. Oh, that's so loud. On the pause button. I'm sorry to our listeners. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it's promising. <laughs> Your random, random dude in the chat room says, "Give it a couple years." Look at that button. The button is so tiny. That's what you have to this press. This is the pause, pause button, button, and it goes away, so I couldn't see where it was before. The play, That's what you have to, play button is so, huge. Is Look how I huge the play button is. That's horrible. Is Who would, tiny here. Nobody wants to use something like that. I, now, why, yeah, they need to make it so that this play button turns into a pause button instead of just starting over. This, it's just starting over every time I hit that. Why is just or they're so small? Oh, random dude just got the part where I blasted the music. Um, <laughs> I should turn that down here in our oh, audio settings. Wow. That was the, the water. It's an alpha. I'm really I'm glad we took a look at it though because in a few years this is gonna be awesome, and maybe well it, it could very well be awesome. No, it's actually a really cool thing to see. Um, when you're using Linux, this is the kind of thing, like, this is a brand new product. Now, if a company was making this, Mark, if this was a Windows program, we would not be seeing this alpha. This would be an internal thing, and then we would see it once it's ready. But since we're on Linux, we get to see stuff that's like, this project was probably just born, like, within the past couple months, probably. And we're going to get to see it mature and get features added and get things fixed. And um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to update this every now and then and take a look at what's new because um, yeah right now I think I think um, that my personal replacement for Banshee 
was, and this is so funny, because, like, I was planning on doing this episode and at the end saying, nothing replaces Banshee. Can someone please update it? Like, that was going to be the end of this. But I actually, I didn't realize that Q out of the bet had this double pane thing going on. Now that I see that this has this, I'm just going to use Q out of the bet. Like, this is my new music player, Q out of the bet, because this is, like, the most similar to Banshee. And that's, what was the other one that I really liked? Uh, uh... I don't know, because I, I, uh, I don't want... The um, other one... I mean, Lollipop was the only one that I talked about, but oh, there, there, here's one other thing that we didn't talk about. Audacious, it's a really popular one, but it doesn't really, it's just a list once again, so it's not really a whole lot to, to do there. It's just a simple one. But yeah, Cue Out the Bet is what I am personally going to be using for my music when I'm listening to music for the time being. Um, but yeah, this KDE Babe, I... We need to make it so that they use the... Because the, the cover art, the way cover art can work is it's embedded in the MP3 file. So it doesn't need to search the internet. I don't... Alright, so change art. And then you can actually go and set the art yourself. So at least you can go and fix it yourself. But I'd rather it just set it up the right way in the first place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Postal 1 in the chat room says they feel like they're at the concert. <laughs> from I guess from the the how loud it was yeah my apologies yeah. there but yeah um so if we click play all right so yeah you just have to click play now within the song view though we're just going through songs Let's say we want to start playing this how do we play a song do we this is so you can't play songs from song view right now. You can only play songs from album and artist view. All right, well, thank you so much, Random Dude in the chat room, for um, sending this, pointing this out to us, because uh, that's actually really interesting. I am going to take a look. I'm going to keep my eye on this program, because, um, yeah, one day I'd love to use a KDE app. Like I said, I was really disappointed when uh, the KDE music programs when Amarok and Clementine didn't have the functionality I wanted because KDE apps always have the functionality that I want. They always have all the features. Um, so when, when the KDE music apps didn't live up to what I wanted, it was really disappointing for me. Um, so yeah, I'll take, I'll, I will keep my eye on this program for when it gets a little bit better, when it gets some improvements. For now, cue out the bet is probably your best bet if you're like me and you've been holding out on Banshee downgrading packages on your system for years just to get Banshee to keep working. Um, yeah, this is what I'm going to replace it with. Mark, uh, did you ever get no music working over there? Uh, no music. I I did not. Okay. Oh, actually, that's I, not, we got to go anyway. It? Yeah, we, I we actually did get it. Working. Oh, you did get it? Do you have your desktop sharing working though? No, that still doesn't work. I don't All know right. why it's not working. <laughs> I'll put a, it, I'll put it a might screenshot. Because I'm using Mozilla Firefox, and maybe I need to get into Chrome or something. Uh, it should work with Firefox. I'm in, well, I'm not in Firefox right now, but um, all of the music players that we talked about today will be linked in the, um, the show notes. So if you're listening to the show, you're watching the show, and you want to take a look at some of the programs we talked about, a lot of them have features that we did not touch on. I am a very simple person when it comes to listening to music on my computer, but if you have a lot more songs than I do, and if you if you listen to music more often than I do, I mainly just listen to music when I'm working on things that I can autopilot, which happens rarely, but like rotoscoping, 
I can listen to music while I'm doing that because I don't have to pay attention to rotoscoping. It's just I can autopilot that and listen to music while I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're someone who listens to music more and you have a lot more music, like the, some of the other more obscure players that we talked about might have features that ap appeal to you. Uh, so definitely go and check them all out for yourself. They're all free because, uh, you know, this is all free and open software that we're talking about here. So links to all of that will be in the show notes. Yeah, so thanks everyone for tuning in this week. I, I'm sorry, I just yeah. realized how long we've been going and how little time I've got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Mark, you have any last thoughts on the music players before we wrap up? Music players? Um, there's a lot of weird ones, but the ones that we found seem to actually be quite, quite a promising. So I'm excited to see where that would, all, all those go, definitely. Yeah, and... Uh, so thank you everyone so much for tuning in. This was probably this was definitely out of the three episodes we've done so far. This was the most fun uh, for me personally. I don't know about you, Mark, yeah. but this this one was more fun. To I had do. a good time. And uh, now that you've got Linux installed, it's so much fun. You can just install stuff. Since most of the programs are free, like you can't always do that. But um, a lot of the stuff yeah. that we'll be covering, it's just really fun. Install ten different music players. Take a look at them all. Um, so yeah, thanks for watching and or listening. If you want more Nerd on the Street throughout the week, of course, you can always go to nerdonthestreet.com. Mark, where can people find you throughout the week if they want more of you? At Twitter, over uh, at it, It's McDoodly, and then um, I'll be on Twitch, and I'm definitely around in the Discord for Nerd on the Street as well. Yeah, um, and then I am at JacobGKU on Twitter. If you want to let me know about any other... Like, if Random Dude hadn't told us about Babe in the chat room, we would not have known about that music player. Um, so if there's any other music players out there that you think we should know about that we didn't talk about, tweet them at me, at JacobGKU. You can also leave them on the feedback thread on our website's forums. We've got a feedback thread for all of these episodes that we're doing here for Rolling Release. And, uh, yeah, Linux is going to continue improving. Thank you, everyone, so much for watching, and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.